is The Issue Window with Albie and Brittany. We are airing out the laundry to clean your soul. Just kidding. You're going to leave with more stains than when you entered. Listen at your own risk. Good morning and welcome to episode 10 of The Issue Window. I can't believe it. We're in double digits. <laughs> Can you believe it, Albie? Nope. Can't believe it. Can't make it this far. <laughs> and we have another special guest today. We have Kenny Plyman, who is the associate head football equipment manager at Colorado State. Hi, Kenny. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Good to hear you this morning, Kenny. Yeah, we're uh, we're definitely getting a new perspective on equipment management today. Kenny's only 24 and pretty already established in the industry, so it's going to be a really nice, like, fresh take on equipment management. Uh, how did you get into equipment management, Kenny? Well, it all started back in high school. Um, you know, I was I was not the most in shape person, and I wasn't very involved. I was coming in as a freshman and. My parents were like, you better learn how to flip burgers at McDonald's or you better get involved at school. And <laughs> I had a lot of friends that were football players. So I kind of just went up to the coach, the varsity head coach. And I was like, hey, is there any chance I can do anything that doesn't involve playing and still keep <laughs> me involved? And I ended up loving it. And I ended up doing varsity football, basketball, and baseball all four years. So it was, it was a pretty cool start to my career. Where did you grow up? Where uh, where was that in the States? I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. For those of you listening that don't know, I'm located in Southern Illinois, so we were neighbors and we didn't even know it. <laughs> in case you didn't know it, Kenny, I was there for seven years myself, too. I think we talked about that a little earlier, too. Yeah, I was in Southern Illinois. So, awesome. I hit up my uh, undergrad offensive coordinator. He said he remembered you. He played offensive line at SAC. Awesome. So close. Our paths almost crossed. <laughs> no doubt. It's a small world. Yes, it is. So how did you end up at Colorado State then? Oh, wow. Um, so like I said, I started in high school, and then about halfway through high school, I was kind of thinking about my parents were pressuring me, like, hey, like you got to start thinking about college. Like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? So on and so forth. And um, I realized I could do it in college, and I realized I could get scholarship money for it. And I knew I wasn't going to get a full ride on academics, so that was the best route to get as much money off school as I could. And um, I ended up actually uh, going to some scholarship award dinner uh, thing uh, right before I graduated in my senior year. And I ended up meeting the, the then the St. Louis Rams CEO, Kevin Demoff. We, we got to talking after the, after the ceremony or whatever, and he was like, what, what are your plans? Like, what are your goals? What do you want to do? And I said, oh, I would love to be either Division One or NFL equipment manager someday. Like, that's my that's my ultimate dream. And mm-hmm. he said, okay, cool. And I, and I thought nothing of it. Um, and then I got an email from the head, uh, the head football equipment manager for the Rams uh, the mm-hmm. next morning telling me to come into Rams Park to talk about my options. So that was a uh, that was pretty cool. I uh, I opened up the locker room door. Someone let me in, and when I opened it up, Sam Bradford opened up the door at the same time. And you know, I'm a I was a diehard Rams fan at the time, 18 year old <laughs> kid, and here comes mm-hmm. Sam Bradford opening the door for me to the locker room. And so it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And then after that, I just 
I got into McKendree University, it's a small D2 school in Lebanon, Illinois. Um, worked for a guy you guys actually might know, uh, Brad Oster. He was the yep. he was the main editor in chief for the equipment manual, equipment manual, yep. and uh, so to be able to get four four and a half years under my belt with him was was amazing and awesome for me professionally and personally. He he's one of my biggest mentors. And then basically after my freshman year, I I knew I still wanted to go Division One. That was that was a big dream of mine. Um, so I met Kerry Connor at one of the conventions, uh, the head, head football guy at the time at Louisiana Lafayette. And I just went up to him and said, hey, I'm trying to transfer. I work for the Rams. I work for McKendree. This is who I am, kind of a little bit of a deal. This is what I do. And uh, turns out he offered me a scholarship spot, and I took it. Um, mm-hmm. So then I went down there. And then um, a couple months into being down there, I got a phone call from my mom saying my dad had become paralyzed. So, you know, 18, 19 years old, I had a big, I had a big uh, decision in my life to make. Do I stay down there and be 12 hours away from my mom and my family, or do I move closer back home and be able to help out when I can? So I decided to go back to McKendree, and I think in the long run, it was, it was a great decision on my end. And then I had to do an internship to graduate. Um, after my senior year, we had to do a, either a summer internship or an internship during the year, but I was managing football, three hockey teams, women's soccer and women's lacrosse in McKendry. So I couldn't do it during the season. So I got in contact with Larry Hare at Kansas university and I was able to do a summer internship there. And that's basically my undergrad career. I know it's kind of long. I've lived in, I've lived in, I think six States in five years. So it's been, it's been one hell of a ride for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you've been all around the place and got a lot of experience from a lot of different people. No doubt, no doubt. You know, I'm, and we haven't even I haven't even graduated yet at this point. You know, so there's still there's still other places I've gone and learned and experienced, good and bad. You know, right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, go ahead and uh, lead us down that journey. Then after you graduate, and how uh, how you eventually ended up at, up at Colorado State? Sure, sure. So I. Uh, I had turned in this crazy story. I swear I'm not making this up. I turned in my last exam in college at McKendree. Not even 45 minutes later, I got a phone call from Kerry Connor down at Louisiana Lafayette. He said, hey, Austin P. State University is going to be calling you. I said, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Gave me a ring. And after, you know, basic, hey, how are you? coach how are you doing good 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 he goes in 30 seconds tell me why i should hire you to be my head football equipment manager <laughs> and i i was honestly i was taken back and thrown off my game a little bit but uh i said basically coach i can't do your job and coach the players and i can't do the players job and play but if you hire me i promise you austin p football will be the most swagged out team in the obc and uh he, he said how quickly can you get up here i went in and it wasn't even an interview, to be honest with you. And this is kind of, you know, I, I like to be transparent um, in everything that I do. And, you know, I think there there were mistakes made on Austin T's side, and there were, without a doubt, mistakes made on my side. You know, I went up there, and their equipment room, you could barely open the door. Oh. It, was, it, it was like a bomb went off. I mm-hmm. mean, no inventory, no nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And he wanted me to... Coach Hud wanted me to stay up there and like start working. And you know me, I mean, I'm, what was I, 22, 23 years old at this time? Like I was first, 
offer. Like, I could be a head guy at the D1 level. Like, this is awesome. Like, I didn't think through. Like, I was promised, you know, A, B, C, D down the line, right? Well, it turns right. out, you know, yeah. I didn't get anything. I didn't get anything in writing. I didn't get anything from the administration. And so it turned out when I said, yeah, coach, I'm your guy. I'll take the job. When I got up there, nothing was what he promised it was going to be. <laughs> so I would say if there are young people around my age trying to make it in this field, if you're paying attention to this, get everything in writing. Don't feel as if wherever you're interviewing at, like their problems are your problems. Don't feel like you have to fix something. You know what I mean? Take mm -hmm. your time. Do your homework, do your due diligence, make some phone calls around the country. Hey, have you worked with this person? What's he like to work for? Or have you worked for this AD? What's he like to work for? You know, and right. I think, and so long story short, I took the job, obviously. I was there three months or so. We're three days before spring ball, and I just had enough. I mean, I'm pulling, I'm pulling all-nighters. I was told I was going to have money for student managers, had no money for student managers. Had no student managers, basically, for the most part. And um, so I went in and I said, Coach, I'm done. And he was like, this is the biggest mistake in your life. If it will be up to me, you'll never have a job in this career ever again. And I was escorted out of the facility. Um, wow. You talk, wow. About, you, you talk about a three-month swing there where I'm on top of the world and, to, you know, I'm, I'm crying in my room at my house because, A, I'm unemployed. B, I don't have a job, obviously. but <laughs> Did I just commit career suicide? <laughs> um, right, right. Yeah. And, you know, I was, and, and admittedly on my side, like, was I over my head for sure? Was I wrong in taking that job offer? I don't think so because a, I didn't have anything else. Right. I was graduating. I needed a job. So long story short, I I leave or whatever, and about a month later. Uh, you know, I'm getting sweaty, right? Like, oh my God, am I going to have to go find a part-time job somewhere just to pay rent? And so mm -hmm. I interview, do a phone interview with Florida Atlantic University with the director of equipment down there at the time. And uh, basically it's the football intern job. Like, I mean, when I was making an awesome P, this would be like half of what I was making. But I'm like, man, I, I need to build my confidence up. I need to gain more experience. I need to network more. Like, I need to do this. So I took it. And then a couple of weeks into being down there, the director was no longer at Florida Atlantic. And the director was the one that hired me. And like mm -hmm. I previously told you guys, like, I'm transparent. Like, anytime I get a new job, I have a closed-door meeting with my immediate boss and say, hey, like, if I'm screwing up, like, don't not tell me. You know what I mean? I want to know. Like, what can I do to fix what I'm doing wrong? Like, I want open book communication, like, whatever. And so um, we do that or whatever. And uh, so it's just the head football guy. Well, it turns out I didn't get that promotion when they hired a full-time assistant. He hired his guy, which he knew better than me. And, you know, that was kind of just like, a, hey, you know what? Like, that's cool that I'm certified. That's cool that I worked for Larry at Kansas. That's cool that I did the Rams thing at 18. But if you don't know the right people, it doesn't matter. You know, our business is such a who you know, not what you know type of deal. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, that can go. That can be said about a lot of businesses, too. Eventually, if you crack enough eggs in this business, you'll find enough people that you know and like, and, 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 and they'll open doors for you. But being young, yeah, it's it's a rough start. You gotta you gotta suck it up sometimes and take your beatings. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I was 
I was blessed enough to work for a really popular head coach on FAU and Coach Kiffin, and you know, it, he, he <laughs> hey, he's awesome. He's one of my guys. Um, it was it was awesome to work for him. You know, I actually got a here's a funny story for you. The very first day we do a mock practice, right? I'm sure I'm sure you guys are aware of that, right? You especially right, the new right. staff or whatever. Yeah. First day yeah. before training mm-hmm. camp. Everyone goes out there, hey, this is what Indy looks like, this is what Stretch looks like, so on and so forth. Yeah. And Lane fired me on my very first day. Uh, <laughs> he, oh, he, uh, he said, I don't ever want to see you on my practice field ever again with some other choice words in there um, that I'm not going to say. You know, and oh, was I upset? Oh, you better believe it. There were, yeah. uh, there were definitely a few adult beverages drank that night at home. Um, but <laughs> I, I dusted myself off. I came back to work and I was right there behind him at the start of training camp the very next day. And, you know, mm-hmm. we've become pretty good buddies and, you know, he's, I still interact with him on Twitter every once in a while, even though he's over in Mississippi right now. So right. pretty crazy. You definitely don't want to burn bridges in this industry because you never know when a, when a GA you had is also all of a sudden the head coach that you're under. So, you know, it's, Never burn bridges. Absolutely. And, you know, it's crazy. Like, so he took the job at Ole Miss after our last game or whatever. And so he was gone. So then once we were done with our bowl game uh, and I was starting to look for like, hey, like my internship's about to run out. Like I need a full-time job. Like I was starting to apply places. And I had an interview with Stanford for their assistant job. And I, I texted Lane. I was like, hey, like I don't know if you know anyone, but I have an interview with Stanford equipment guys. Uh, tomorrow, like, if you could reach out to someone on staff, if you know, like, that would be greatly appreciated. And he responded about 30 minutes later with a screenshot. He texted their head coach, David Shaw, for me. And, I mean, that's oh, great. I can't, ask, yeah. I can't ask for anything more than that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, that will help you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, obviously then I was just applying for full-time jobs, and I was lucky enough that Matt Lesser at Colorado State and our administration up here – uh, wanted to take a chance on a kid like me, so I'm forever grateful. Awesome. Now, now you're there, and now time to you know get your feet wet there and learn learn some more things and get some more experience, and then see what you can do after that. Who knows? You could be could be there for the rest of your life, or you could be there for two years. You never know. Absolutely, and obviously, I'm not scared to move. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You know, but I think you get to a spot like this, like you just be a sponge, right? And that's even like once you graduate college, like if you do the intern route or if you do the GA route, be a sponge. Soak up all the information, right? Like, so what equipment managers do, we all do the same thing, whether you're Olympic or football, but there's a million different ways to skin a cat, right? Absolutely. Take a generic example, recon. Okay, Brad at McKendry does recon one way. Nate Hinkley at FAU does recon uh another way and then matt at colorado state does recon another way it's all the same stuff it's just yeah. you you get different viewpoints and whatnot on how to do the job and i think that's awesome and i think there's nothing more invaluable than experience like that right and all, and also i mean you know you'll find out and as you probably already figured out you know sometimes the equipment managers are are thrown into different things because of what the athletic department demands you know one athletic department might be really strict on on something, and the, you go to the next one, and the next athletic department, uh, no, yeah, we don't really care about that part. You know, it's it's sometimes just the whole difference 
of what the demands for the AD and the department as a whole, even though, once again, they're all NCAA, they should all be the same, but uh, yeah, they all have different pet peeves and what they like to be covered a little bit more, and so that changes how sometimes how you, what how you got to do things in the equipment room. Oh, absolutely, and that goes all the way down to the head football coach too. You know, like uh, yes, you know, let's say Lane wanted the coach's locker room on game day set up one way. Well, Coach Adazio here at CSU wants it set up a completely different way, and there's not a wrong way or a right way. It's just a the way of whoever your boss is at the time, you know? So you got to yes. be able to adjust and adapt. Yep, absolutely. you got to be very flexible. So you've done, because you've had so much experience with different organizations through the years, you've obviously had a lot of interview experience. How do you think you've managed to catch the attention of, like, so many people? Do you think that it's because you have those connections that the people reach out to you beforehand for these interviews and kind of help you get your foot in the door? Or how can, you know, do you get any advice for anybody else that's that's your age trying to get their, their feet wet? Sure, sure. That's a great question. Um, you know, I think it's a multi-point answer, right? So, like, I think networking is huge. I think uh, connections are huge. I think your resume and experience is huge, right? But, like, if you look at them individually, you know, networking-wise, okay, if I didn't do the Kansas job, I probably wouldn't have been able to get hired at FAU. You know, if I wouldn't have done, I don't know, pick a thing. If I wouldn't have done the Rams thing, <laughs> maybe the McKendry thing wouldn't have been a thing at all. But meeting all those people, right? So like the Rams guy, like I still text the number two guy with the Rams right now. And I've been out of the Rams for almost seven years. You know, keeping those connections. I still text Lane. You know, I still text Carrie at UL. I still talk to Larry at Kansas. I still talk to some people, believe it or not, at Austin P. So it's just building all those connections. You know, I've learned, I've learned throughout the years and um, that I'm never going to be the sexiest in the room and I'm probably never going to be the smartest in the room, but I damn sure promise no one's going to work harder in that room than me. And when I do all these interviews, whether it's phone interview or in-person interviews, I'm just completely myself and completely honest, right? Like a lot of these people that are doing the hiring, they've been doing it long enough, they can see through the BS, right? Yeah. There's no reason A to lie, because that's never a good thing. Right. And, you know, there's no reason not to talk about, everyone talks about their strengths, right? But there's no reason not to talk about your weaknesses. So, like, for example, my my biggest thing is, like, I'm terrible at technology. Like, I barely know how to work half the stuff on my phone, and I'm a 24-year-old millennial. (laughs) (laughs) But but I back that up in the interview when I say stuff like, hey, my Excel work, I need work in Excel. I'm not great at it, but I'm really good at running practice or I'm really good at packing trunks or I know like the back of my hand, how to fit shoulder pads and cleats and helmets and whatnot. You know, I think that honesty and then you back that up with your experience and then all the connections you have for sure. Like when I do all these interviews the last few years of my career, I'll text Larry. Be like, Hey, do you know anyone at, I don't know, pick a school, Colorado state, or, hey, Brad, do you know anyone at Florida Atlantic? And so it, equipment, athletics in general, but then equipment is such a small field. Like a lot of people know a lot of other people. Yes. So you never burn bridges. You always try and keep those connections and just do the best that you can. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, then, you know, and I found out as I've done, you know, on, on personal interviews, obviously 
phone interviews or personal interviews, it's always good. You're, it's always a learning experience, even if you do or don't get the job. You always learn something from it. But the other thing I found that, you know, doing an on-campus interview is that, you know, usually I could find something in the equipment room that I could take back and start using myself back in my other equipment room if I don't, you know, if I don't already use it or don't, you know, or if I don't get the job. It's always that learning, even when you're, you know, not really supposed to be learning, but, or, you know, just, just picking up little things or when we go to visit other, when we go to, to other schools for games, things like that, stop in the equipment room, you visit, hey, maybe you'll see something that, you know, they're doing. It's like, oh, you know what, I could probably do that in my place. Or, you know, there's always something to learn. Oh, absolutely. And it goes back to saying there's a million ways to skin a cat, right? Like everyone in, I would think in America in a Division One equipment room has space savers, right? But how many different ways is there to organize a space saver? Oh, yeah. You know, the one thing, and the funniest thing, when I got, I moved into Northern Illinois job and they had some space savers there, which was great. But the one thing I didn't like about it is, is obviously Northern Illinois, their colors are black and red. Well, they had black shelves. And so there'd be times that you'd look in the shelf and you wouldn't see something on there because it was a black item in a black shelf and you'd look real and you wouldn't see it. So, you know, that, that way after that, I suggested any, anybody asked me is get white shelves. You know, you might think they get dirty easy, but at least you can see what you if you got something there oh absolutely absolutely yeah and i think one of the great things about equipment management managers like in general even though it's like a small field even the old guys that have been in the business for 30 plus years are more than willing to like share their experience with the new guys starting out i mean you guys aren't necessarily competitive as competitive in your field I feel like as the coaches, they almost have to almost be frenemies because you might be going after like the same position that like you need or you might be competing against them in the future or but you still like might need to work under somebody. But like you guys as equipment managers, you can call up really any of each other and share experiences, ask questions and get honest answers. Oh, there's no doubt about that, you know. I know I talk about Brad and Larry a lot, but like even another guy, uh, Sam Trussman, he's the office manager for the AMA. And he's one of my best friends. You know, I call him about everything and anything, (laughs) even if it's just like, I need a quick five minute, like complaint session to get it, get something off my chest. And he's always there for me, you know, (laughs) being able to see guys like that, take a kid like me under their wing gives me the motivation and, the drive and you know what maybe in 10 15 20 plus years like there's going to be another one of me that i can do that for you know sure Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you guys all as a whole just want to see the industry improve you know see the career get more respect it's really it's really great to see oh yeah there's no doubt about that you know we're we're a tight-knit group across the country uh whether you're d1 pro d2 d3 nai whatever it doesn't matter like in my experience, at least, like, I don't know very many people that are, say, like, a power five guy would look down on me because I'm a group of five guy, you know, and I wouldn't look down upon a D2 guy, you know, so it, we're all just one big family and we all want to see each other succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So from all the places that you've worked and stuff, do you have kind of one or two career highlights, maybe even like horrible career you you really mentioned some amazing things whenever you're telling us about your career progression 
Do you have any particular like road trip stories that speak out to you? Um, you know, I like to think uh, we do a pretty good job on road trips. Like, I, I can't really think of a time where I've forgotten something major other than, uh, you know what? No, no, I did last year, this past season <laughs> at FAU. I, uh, I forgot our starting tight end, uh, his cleats. Um, and that's kind of a big deal. He, had, he actually ended up being the Mackey Award winner. Um, but it was pretty cool, like, how we had it set up, right? So the, the assistant would advance travel with the ops guy. Um, so he was setting up the, he was already setting up the locker room come Friday morning. And we get a call when we come off the practice field on Friday, getting showered and changed or whatever, get ready to go on the plane. And he goes, Hey, grab Harrison's cleats. Uh, and you know, that was a big, uh, Oh crap. I'm glad, I'm <laughs> glad I got that phone call. Yep. <laughs> well, listen, go, sort of today with that out of all, of all the uh, games you've seen so far, Who's the best athlete you've seen play in person on the sideline? Not saying using the stands at some game, but you know, on the sidelines as as a working person. Who's the best athlete you've ever seen play so far? Oh wow! Um, just off the top of my head, I would say in the NFL it had to be Aaron Donald and uh, Johnny Hecker. In high school, it had to be Ezekiel Elliott, Brad Beal, Jason Tatum. Guys like that. Um, right. In college, we had my undergrad, I think it was my freshman or sophomore year, I can't remember, uh, at McKendry, though. We had the, we had a kid named Lucky Barr. He, uh, <laughs> That's a great name. Yeah, awesome name. Great guy, too. He broke the Division II sack record in the nation. And mm. that was like one of my first moments in college. I'm like, dang, this guy's legit. Right. <laughs> It's yeah, crazy, it's... like, you don't, you probably never even heard of him. Nope. Yeah, I heard of him. That's a great name, though. I will forget that name. That's for sure. Lucky Bar. Great kid. Great kid. <laughs> uh, so, I, as you probably have seen in the industry, a lot of the equipment managers have nicknames. Do you, uh, do you have a nickname yet in the field? <laughs> I don't, like... Amongst, like, outside of people, like, that I work with, I don't believe, to my knowledge, you know, what's said behind my back, who knows, that could be anything. <laughs> um, but my coach at McKendry, my undergrad football head coach, used to call me D1 um, <laughs> because I obviously started at McKendry, went to UL and transferred back. So anytime he saw me, even if he was chewing me out on the practice field, bad word, bad word gosh darn it, D1 or big time is what he always <laughs> called me. Even when I go back every once in a while on campus today, well, what's up, D1? How's it going? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. That's probably the most suitable uh, nickname oh. I could probably tell you guys. <laughs> uh, that's that's awesome. That's a good one, yeah. So on all your road trips, you've been to many different places to eat. As all as all of us have, what's your favorite food for a road trip? What's the favorite place you want to eat? If you you know, anytime you go to that town, that's where you got to stop and eat. Oh, oh man, that's a great one. Oh shoot. Um, you know, anytime I'm in the south, I'm a big seafood guy. So anytime I travel in the south, I try and get seafood. In undergrad, we would always just because we were D two, we would travel 100 plus people. We'd always go to uh, oh, what's that buffet place? Golden Corral. We'd always oh. go to Golden Corral. Yeah, like sometimes multiple or a few times during a road trip. 
Oh. So I guess, I, I guess my answer would be, have to be Golden Corral, anywhere in the Midwest, Golden Corral. Oh, man. You talk, you talk about some, uh, some interesting bus rides back to campus after that. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're going to – it's, it's you know, we, we always have a thing with my, me and my students is that we, we, we try not to go to chains. I mean, sometimes we'll go to a local, a regional chain that we don't have access to normally, but we usually try to hit some, you know, some local place. And, and you know, it's sometimes it's hit and miss, but man, once you find a good place locally, oh, it's absolutely, you know, we all look forward to those. We have our, we have them in our lines. So, yeah, I think, you know, you're young, got the Golden Corral. I understand that choice. I was there, but. Uh, you know, as you go along here, you're going to find a few more places. It's just going to be, you're going to, going to blow your mind. But, uh, you know, it, it, we went to, um, we was in Toronto for the International Bowl and we worked all, all day. And Dan was touched on this too a couple weeks ago when we had him on the podcast about taking him to, uh, the first time they went to a, to, uh, to a Brazilian steakhouse. Uh, it was so good. Now, you know, that's one of the things that we did the following year is we try to get to Brazilian Steakhouse every chance we got on a road trip. We went to Minneapolis to Fogo de Chao, Minneapolis, and we ended up going to one in Boise. And, uh, you know, we, uh, but yeah, I can see, yeah, the Golden Corral is a good, good place. You're going to, you're going to find a lot more places too, the more you keep on the road. That, uh, that Brazilian Steakhouse had a crush here for DM real fast. Oh, absolutely, it does. But you know what? You you saved up for it. You saved up for it. So you know you you knew it was coming. So you know it was funny because my students would start doing advanced scout work on places to eat, so they would know before they would know what was going on before we left there. So we had everything planned out. You know, get there, get everything set up in the locker room, and yeah, go ahead. Time to go to dinner. Let's go. You know Sometimes that reminds we, me. We played at uh, we played at ODU this year uh, when I was at FAU and. Uh, I guess the students found like a uh, what's that chicken place called? Raising Cane's, like a oh, mile yeah, yeah. away, and okay. so they just got like they got these lift scooters, and they took a couple of empty ball bags, and they just came back with like two two full ball bags of uh, Raising Cane's, and then like another kid was driving behind him, and he had like the drink trays, like it was crazy. Oh yeah, I I've done the Raising Cane's. First time I had was pretty good too. Now we got one locally. And it was funny because then they opened up in May. The line was out the door, and it's like, folks, this chicken fingers. I've had it; they're good, but uh, it's oh. But yeah, I understand. See, I don't. I'm, I don't. I think it's overrated, in my opinion. I, I, I'm not. I'm with, I'm with you too. I mean, you know, I've had it once; it was good, but yeah, okay. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Wait outside the line. Wait, wait outside the store for the line for it. Good. Yeah, I'll trade. I'll trade my chicken fingers for like the fries and the bread and the sauce. <laughs> you know, or it's not like it's not like you're trying to do hit the drive through a Chick Fil A at any time of the day where it's you know all twelve cards deep at least. Oh, absolutely, uh, man. I agree with you, Kenny. Though I'd rather have all the carbs any day. Like, yeah, give me, <laughs> give, give me the fries and the bread, and uh, I'm good. <laughs> uh, Alvi doesn't Alvi doesn't understand it, but <laughs> but I get you. Oh, uh, I I do, I do, but you know, I have a past life, past life. <laughs> So out of all the equipment rooms that you have worked, which would you say has been kind of the most like fun to work in? 
where has like the morale been probably like the best and how would you like apply that to an equipment room that you worked in the future? I think I don't even have to think about it. Kansas University, Larry Hare and Demetrius Daniels run such a great equipment room over there. Um, you know, they have now granted they're, they're a major college university. So sure. they have a lot of money, um, right? So they can pay sure. a lot of student managers, but they have a lot of student managers. You know, everyone's super nice and professional. They, they have fun. Um, but when it's time to work, it's time to work. And you know, the, the the teamwork and the the family atmosphere there is just I it's it's something since I've left there that I've tried to institute everywhere I've gone and it's really really hard and I don't know if I'm ever going to get to that point but if if you were to say hey like if you have full reign of your own football equipment room how would you try and set it up I would say I would try and emulate it like Larry Hare does at Kansas yeah is there anything in particular that he does for the students that work for him that that you think is like a particular standout yeah i mean i think how he treats them you know he he has a very big open door policy so if there's an issue or if you're struggling with your job or with school or with family or whatever the case might be like he's always open to talk to he's very approachable i think his kids know that he's there for them um whether you're a football guy whether you're a basketball guy whether just take care of swim and dive. It does not matter. All of his students are just as important to him. Um, and I think, and I think the kids react well to that. And I think that makes them work harder. So how he runs his, his operation over there is first class. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, he's just a first class equipment manager as it is. I mean, he's just. Absolutely. He's one of the best in the business. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody out there that would argue that either. So. No. So you're uh, you're in Colorado. You're um, are you are on like stay at home orders like a lot of the other country or we are fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it. My boss and I have made the essential personnel list, um, <laughs> uh, but we go in probably two or three times. He goes into the Olympic facility. I go into the football facility. Basically, hey, bring in any packages, distribute mail, and get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, try to limit your time in there. Right. Well, and it's frustrating for a guy like me because I want to be doing the hands-on work. I want to be reorganizing the equipment room. I want to be getting ready for all of our orders to come in for this coming season, and you can't. And fortunately, we're not the only ones in the country doing this, so it's not like it's just a CSU thing. It's a It's a everything thing so it is what it is gotta roll with the punches yeah i think everybody's worried about the the coming season and getting all their equipment equipment ready yep it's, it's oh yeah everyone's early fall is going to be pretty insane mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be when it happens it's going to happen all at once so no doubt uh, so while you're at home how are you passing the time are you binging any uh in particular tv shows I just started, uh, okay, so I just finished New Girl on Netflix, and I just started Quantico. I'm already in season two of Quantico, and it's freaking awesome. It is, every every episode is just as intense or more intense than the previous one. I love it. I think it's awesome. I haven't actually heard about that one. What's that about? It's about, okay, so the first season is basically these FBI 
cadet trainees at Quantico. And then, like, terrorist attack happens and everything is, like, flipped upside down. And then they, then they graduate and become agents. But, like, they kill, like, a person off the show almost every episode. So it's wild. <laughs> wow, that's, that sounds intense. It is. It's awesome. I think it was on ABC. And Netflix <laughs> just it up. Wow. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Hmm. Well, hey, uh, let's have a little more fun then. We'll, uh, we've started doing a little segment last couple of times on, um, on Sweet 16 since we didn't have a tor- basketball tournament this year. We decided to have a little tournament on ourselves on various things. So I'm going to give you 16 types of cake flavors. And we're going to whittle it down and figure out what your favorite cake is. Oh, <laughs> this one might be pretty quick. Oh, he's a cake man. He's got, he's got, uh, he's got, he's I'm got. A- honestly, I'm not. But if I eat cake, it's only one flavor. Ooh. Well, see, you just haven't, you just haven't experienced too much yet then. But we'll, we'll, we'll go with this. He just knows That's what okay. he likes, Albie. Come on. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, too. Uh, okay, let's say, let's start off with a white cake or a strawberry cake. White. Okay. How about a marble against a coconut? Mm, coconut. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, confetti or chocolate chip? Confetti. Yay! I, I agree with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Carrot or chocolate? Oh, carrot. That's tough. Oh, well, yeah, well, sometimes those first round matches look pretty tough there. Um, yellow or German chocolate? Uh, yellow. Lemon cake or butter cake? Lemon. Uh, banana cake or spice cake? Banana. Ooh, good choice there, too. I'm not sure if I've ever had banana Angel cake. food? Oh, oh, good, good, good banana cake's nice. Uh, angel food or red velvet? Oh, um. Oh, got a tough one here for her. Angel. Mm, that's a t- that's a tough match right there. That's a hard yeah. matchup. That's like that's like you playing like. Do you want to pick Duke or Kansas in the first round? <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you get you get the bad draw. Sometimes you know. <laughs> All right, let's go on here. So now we've got white cake against coconut. White. Uh, confetti or or carrot? Confetti. Ooh. Makes it to the next round. Um, yellow or lemon? Yellow. Uh, so banana cake or angel food cake? Angel food. Mm-hmm. Survive I'm another start- day. I'm starting to see a trend here. All these cake flavors yep. that are left taste the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we got white cake versus confetti. White. Ooh, okay. And yellow versus angel food. Angel food. So the winner is between white and angel food. Gotta be white. There we go. We found a winner. What kind of icing are you putting <laughs> on that white cake? It's white cake. Put any icing on it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's only superior over angel food if like it has the right icing on it. Angel food doesn't need anything. 
don't know. I feel like with angel food, though, you could put a lot of different toppings on it. Absolutely. Put some strawberries on there, some cherries. Absolutely. <laughs> some whipped fun. cream on there, too. Make it a little sweeter. Yeah. Why wouldn't you put whipped cream on it? <laughs> whipped cream whipped cream's like bacon. It makes, just makes everything better. That is very good point. That is true. You could put bacon on angel food cake and be happy. That one's all you, brother, man. That one's oh, that yeah. one I'm going to have to pass on. I, I, I yeah. lost everybody on that one. Yep. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. Oh, you are it wrong. It just sounds, it's, it sounds a little odd, but it's not wrong. <laughs> if everybody uh, else in the room thinks you're wrong, then, then you might be wrong, uh, LB. I might be, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Well... Oh, with that, I think I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to wrap up this episode of Issue Window. We've had a lot of fun with Kenny. Thank you so much for coming on. Kenny has been amazing. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. I know uh, everyone's busy and trying to figure out what the hell's going on in the world right now. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you know, you have a little time in your hand like everybody else. So we just figured we'd kill, kill a little bit of time that and hopefully other people get enjoyment out of this. And uh, with that, I hope all the equipment managers out there listening uh, stay safe and stay sane. And until next time, bye. Bye. Uh-huh.